You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field downtown Cleveland, where we continue with our off-season shows, hot stove shows in earnest with the World Series behind us. The Houston Astros World Series champions as they continue what has been a tremendous run. Cheating scandal or no, they have become one of the dominant teams in all of baseball for the past six seasons now. Boy, you can count on Houston to be at the very least in the American League Championship Series, and now they win another World Series, defeating the Philadelphia Phillies, winning Game 6 a week ago, if you're tuned to this on Saturday, and taking the World Series four games to two. Good show lined up for you today in just a little bit. In the second half of our show, we'll continue with our Game of the Week segment, a beauty this week, the Josh Naylor game back on May 9th in Chicago when Josh went wild late in the game, helping the Guardians to an improbable comeback win over the White Sox. We will also hear from Stephen Kwan, one of four Guardians Gold Glove winners, as he'll talk about what it took to win a gold glove as a left fielder, as a rookie in the American League and had one of the great seasons of any rookie in all of baseball. But first, some news and notes surrounding one of the top players for the Guardians, third baseman Jose Ramirez, earlier this week, named a Silver Slugger Award winner, the fourth time in his major league career that Jose has won the Silver Slugger as a third baseman, and that equals Albert Bell's club record, Bell doing it, from 1993 through the 1996 season. The numbers, in case you, you don't remember, Ramirez finished the season hitting 280, 29 home runs and a career-best 126 runs driven in. And he did it in 157 games. And here's the really impressive part about that. He got off to a tremendous start this season, was Player of the Month for the month of April, but he sustained an injury to his right thumb back in June and yet continued to play through that. And he ended up having right thumb surgery earlier this week down in Dayton. Dr. Thomas Graham taking care of that. And uh, that repaired the ulnar collateral ligament, an injury that he suffered back in June in Los Angeles. The procedure went well, and Ramirez is expected to resume baseball activities in six to eight weeks and be ready to go for the start of the 2023 season, but really just tremendous when you consider he still performed well enough over the season's final three months and on into the postseason to be named a Silver Slugger. Again, Player of the Month honors in April, kept it going in May, 
And uh, boy, he was really good with runners on base, hitting 330 with men on, 331 with runners in scoring position. Just a tremendous season for Jose Ramirez and the respect that he got based on the lineup around him. He drew a major league best 20 intentional walks, uh, the second highest single season total in club history. So a tip of the cap to Jose Ramirez. Also a tip of the cap to Stephen Kwan. And when we come back, we'll hear from the Guardians left fielder who won a gold glove. That's next as we continue on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. I tell you what, folks, strap yourselves in. We're going to be here a while. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Now Lance Lynn with that abbreviated wind and pitch. And it's swung on, lined into right. There's a base hit. And the hit machine continues. Stephen Kwan with another base hit after four last night. That gives him 151 hits in his rookie campaign. And the last Cleveland baseball player with 150 hits or more in a rookie season, Kenny Lofton. And that was 30 years ago. Now the payoff, swung on, hammered to deep left field. This is over Quan's head. He leaps and makes the catch, falling to the turf on the track in left. Oh, what a play by Quan! The ball was beyond him. It was over his head. And he leaped toward the wall with the ball beyond him and made the catch and then diving to the track held on. Stephen Kwan has come through again with a spectacular leaping and falling catch for out number one. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. And our first guest on this week's show, outfielder Stephen Kwan, who last week 
was named as a Gold Glove Award winner for his tremendous defensive work in left field this season, part of a, an outstanding rookie campaign for Quan, and he was a unanimous winner of a Fielding Bible Award earlier this offseason. He led all Major League left fielders in defensive runs saved and zone rating. He also led all American League left fielders in total chances and also became just the sixth rookie to win a, a Rawlings Gold Glove since 1990 and just the second in Cleveland history. He joins his current first base coach, Sandy Alomar Jr., who won a Gold Glove back in 1990 as a rookie. The last rookie to win a Rawlings Gold Glove was Luis Robert back in 2020 with the White Sox. Quan and Miles Straw are the first Cleveland outfielders to win the award since 2008 when Grady Sizemore won a gold glove playing center field, and he's just the second left fielder in club history to win a gold glove award. Minnie Minoso did it back in 1959. What does it all mean? Well, we asked Stephen Kwan about the adjustment he had to make as mainly a career center fielder to perfecting left field defensively. Yeah, it's definitely more difficult in center, um, in my opinion. Center field, obviously, you just have more ground to cover. And Miles obviously does that really well because he's so dang fast and he has a great reads. But luckily, I played left field a little bit in college. So I had some kind of experience in that. Um, hadn't played left since since college, but um, it's difficult for sure. But just kind of getting those reads out there kind of before BP, I think really helps having Huddy with me every day and kind of just like talking me through some stuff uh, made me feel really confident. Uh, it definitely took a whole village, though, to kind of get that together. You mentioned that, Kyle Hudson. I know just in talking to some others, really getting some credit for, for his availability and helping. Uh, what is it that he did that really allowed you to, to excel at a position? Yeah, uh, I think it's twofold. One, he's obviously super knowledgeable, and he takes the time to learn all this stuff. He doesn't just kind of like depend on like instinct or kind of like what he did as a player. He kind of goes all the way to like analytics, um, is very thoughtful and thorough with his with his positioning and everything. But um, the other side of that is that he's he'll keep all of us accountable and he's got high expectations of all of us. Um, when we kind of, I, I kind of, well, I learned a lot that you don't have to do anything at the major league level if you don't want to. Like if you feel tired or you just simply don't want to do something, like nobody's going to tell you not to. And he will keep all of us accountable. He's not that kind of coach where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like you don't have to do anything. Like you had a long game yesterday. It's like, hey, like let's go out there and work today. You know, let's get a little bit better. And when you have him trying to keep you accountable and then obviously an older guy like Miles going out there to work, it just makes it easier as a young guy to follow in their footsteps. And as a young player, I mean, you played a ton of games this year. Um, what is that balance of wanting to be ready and, and rested for your game but also wanting to, to really perfect your craft if you can spend some time doing that. Yeah, I learned it was more quality over quantity. Um, before kind of in college, I would be more of the, the quantity guy. Like I would just do as many reps as I could until I was like dead tired. Um, I was going to be the hardest worker, kind of like that Kobe mentality where it was like, I'm going to be the first one there and the last one to leave. Um, I realized with so many games, that's just not realistic at all. Um, if you can get some really good reads out there and like really just focus for maybe five, 10 minutes and get like what you need. And then you do that every day, you're going to get kind of the same results. Um, and then it's important to be aware that like, you're not just saying you're getting the good reps in, like really digging deep and understanding like what a good rep is and like what a good uh, day of practice is. So just kind of learning 
to slow down and not do as much. Less is better um, in that aspect. Gold glove left fielder Stephen Kwan joining us. First off, how does that sound? I mean, people might introduce you that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's surreal. All of this is still super surreal. Um, I think I've processed a little bit of it so far this offseason, but I mean, this just, just feels like another one. Like even just saying major leaguer Stephen Kwan is still pretty surreal to me. So gold glove isn't even on my radar of things to process yet, but it's definitely pretty cool. And, and when you think of gold glove, uh, obviously there are the great plays and, and you had a, a ton of highlight real plays this year, but how much of it too is just that good reliability. And as an outfielder doing some of those little things that, that add up over the course of time. Yeah, for sure. I think just getting those routine plays is the most important thing. Um, my goal is always to kind of have my pitcher feel at peace or just have a pitcher feel better. If a ball gets in the outfield where it's not like, Oh, I can't let up a fly ball because I don't want so-and-so to field it or like, I don't want, I don't, I don't feel comfortable like giving up uh, like fly outs. Um, I want them to kind of feel as comfortable as possible, work to their strengths. And then, yeah, I think just getting those routine plays and just being consistent showing up every day is the most important thing. And when you look at the spectacular plays, obviously there, there's the great catches, but also the throws to a base to, to catch a runner trying to advance it. Either one of those more important to you than the other, or maybe more satisfying than the other? Um, for sure, throwing a runner out, just kind of like just just based off of that like primal aspect of like they think they can beat a throw that you have, and then you basically say like no, you can't. Like just kind of that competitiveness, um, I think is a really cool aspect. But obviously, all plays are very important in the grand scheme of a baseball game. Any favorites in terms of catches? Because I can think of a couple that, that obviously stood out, and I know you, you talked about them a little bit earlier today, but uh, any in your mind that, that really stood out as favorite catches? Yeah, I thought the one that was really cool that I didn't get talked about was uh, when we were in Detroit. I had pl- uh, made a play in the stands, kind of similar to the Seattle one, but like I didn't obviously go crashing into the stands. But um, that was like my first one that I had made on the year of like a play in the stands. Uh, so basically I could have made the Seattle catch without the Detroit catch, but that one was really cool just cause like I had to battle some fans. I took an, I took a, a look at kind of where everybody was and then just kind of had like a leap of faith and went for it. So Detroit one, I think is a little underrated one that that was really cool. And you had a tremendous one against the Rockies in Denver, uh, where you had to lay out at a key point in the game and, and take us through it in that type of play where you have to decide, all right, do I play it safe and play it on a hop? Or do I really lay out and, and try and make a spectacular play, knowing that if you don't, there could be consequences? Yeah, I think it was easier in that aspect, or in that instance, to just go for it. Because two outs, the idea as an outfielder is like, you, you, you have to lay out. Because if you miss it, you know, you drop it. It, it, was, it might have dropped regardless. Um, it, there's no really like holding up a runner just because they're already running uh, on the hit. They're not tagging up or waiting or anything so you got to go make that diving catch um luckily it just found my glove and yeah the rest is history but luckily it was two out so i could just go all out on that one you're one of four cleveland guardians to win a gold glove what does that mean to you and maybe what does that say about the type of team it was this year yeah no i think it's it's huge it shows that we value all aspects of baseball. I think a lot of teams always try to tell people in spring training, like, Hey, like we're going to be, 
we're gonna do all the little things right you know we're gonna get guys over we're gonna play good defense but to really buy into that like great defense uh mentality like miles said it best like even people who didn't win the gold glove like hedges josh ahmed jose like those were stellar defenders every single day and i think it happens because we have tito who values defense at the top and then guys like jose uh understand that defense is important so kind of backtracking it makes it easier for younger guys to see what's valuable to the veterans and then follow in their footsteps and what what about Shane Bieber? I mean, you don't think of pitchers as position players, but he wins a a Gold Glove. Uh, what does that what does that say about what he's doing out there? In addition to getting hitters out, yeah, I mean, he's just a thorough baseball player. Um, he's super athletic. We see him in the weight room every day and just kind of messing around on the field. Like the guy is super athletic, super flexible. He does everything right. It's it's no shocker that he uh, that he won it. Um, I'd be lying if I said I was expecting it, but to kind of like go back through the highlights and see everything that he's done. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, I guess I just assumed like that was, I, I, I took it for granted the kind of stuff he does, but then you take a step back and it's like, yeah, those are not easy plays and especially kind of helping himself out and getting out of double plays and all that. Like it shows why he had such a successful year. And your outfield teammate in center field, Miles Straub, a, a gold glove winner as well. You guys have a, a real keen appreciation of what that takes, and is that a, a pretty neat thing to, to be able to share that with someone else in the outfield? Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest flexes you could have is to have two outfielders in, uh, winning a gold glove. And, I mean, he his what he did made my job easier where I didn't have to cover as much of the gap since I knew he had it, so then I can kind of shade towards the line and then make some of the plays down the line. So it would not be any stretch of the imagination to say that I want a gold glove because he was a gold glover as well. Um, yeah. What he does is unbelievable. He makes every single catch, makes every single read, um, makes the right throws and he makes them accurate, like easily one of the best, easily the best center fielder I've ever seen. And this won't be his last gold glove for sure. Well, a gold glove for you and you will be in the conversation for rookie of the year. No question. Um, have, have you been able to take a breath and, and let this season sink in a little bit and, and think about all that happened? Yeah, I think I'm processing it a little better. I think it's still taking a lot of time, and especially just kind of hanging with my buddies. Um, that's been a lot of fun. And honestly, just been kind of distancing myself from baseball. Um, I'm thinking it'll kind of – it'll feel a little more real, maybe like kind of December time, uh, end of November, around Thanksgiving. But, yeah, right now, just trying to take a big decompressor and just get away from the game. Well, a wonderful season to be sure, and congratulations on the Gold Glove. Stephen Kwan, thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks, Rosie. Appreciate you. At Stephen Kwan, certainly a key figure in the 2020 success of the Cleveland Guardians, and he will be in the conversation. He is a candidate for American League Rookie of the Year honors, not only for his outstanding glove work, but what he did at the plate as well. Stay with us when we come back. It's another of our Game of the Week segments, and we look back at a wild game back in May that will be forever known as the Josh Naylor game. That's coming up as we continue on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And yes, the colder weather is starting to arrive and we are getting deep into our hot stove shows or some activity around baseball in terms of transactions. And we continue with our Game of the Week segment on our off-season shows. And this week, one of the great games one that may not have been matched over the course of the regular season anyway. It took place on Monday, May the 9th in Chicago. It may go down in history forever as the Josh Naylor game. And uh, you may know what we're referring to uh, before we even go too much further. But we'll uh, run it back for you with some of the great highlights and a conversation with Josh afterward as well. And we can tell you that going into the ball game, the Guardians and the White Sox, the White Sox, the team that was heavily favored to win the division this season, well, the teams were virtually neck and neck near the top of the division with 500 records. The Guardians right at 500 at 14 and 14. The White Sox at 14 and 13 heading into the ball game. The pitching matchup featured Zach Plesak for Cleveland, Michael Kopech for Chicago. And the Guardians got the scoring started early. First inning, Owen Miller was at the plate and some sloppy defense from the White Sox helped out. The one-two pitch, swing and a liner to right field. Sheets coming in, drop the ball! Quan will score! On his way to second is Miller, and it's 1-0 Cleveland. Miller, a line drive right at the right fielder, and Gavin Sheets caught it and dropped it. That'll be a straight-up air, no RBI, but the Guardians lead it 1-0 on a walk, a steal, and an air. Gavin Sheets looked at his glove when he dropped it as if to say, huh, this glove must have a hole in it. In the bottom of the first, Chicago tied it with a run on a wild pitch by Plesak, and then Gavin Sheets made up for his error and put the Sox ahead 4-1 to one with a three-run home run. Plesak rebounded, though, and kept the Guardians within striking distance, pitching into the sixth inning. Plesak out of Ball State lets it fly. Is swinging a little number back to him. He gloves, he lobs it on the run to first for the out. <laughs> Zach Plesak has to feel mighty, mighty good. 
as to the way he has turned it around here over the last five innings. Well, it was still 5-1 to one White Sox in the eighth, and that's when Josh Naylor started his big night. He delivered to get the Guardians a run closer. Now the payoff. Swung on, lifted in the air to left. This is going to get down for a base hit near the line. Hitting third is Quan. He's being waved home. On his way to second with a double is Naylor. And it's an opposite field RBI double down the left field line by Josh Naylor. And Cleveland now trails 5-2 to two here in the eighth. Give Josh Naylor his fourth double and 14th RBI. But again, the White Sox answered as A.J. Pollock launched a three-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning. And it did not look good for the Guardians as the White Sox had an 8-2 to two lead. We went to the top of the ninth. Leading things off, Andre Jimenez. The pitch, and Jimenez lofts one in the air to deep left center. Long run, and it keeps carrying out of here. That was a routine fly ball to left center. And so if nothing else, we've learned the wind will push it out to left and left center. Andre Jimenez gets his third home run, an opposite field home run to left center. And that looked routine off the bat, but the wind that's been strong all night just kept pushing it. Ahmed Rosario followed with a base hit, and then Austin Hedges stepped in. Now the shift to the left side of the infield. Hedges grounds it to third. Bobbled by Moncada. In to score, Rosario. Hedges will be safe on Moncada's air. And nobody out a runner at first, and Cleveland now trails it 8-4. to four. Two quick outs followed, and the Guardians were down to their final out, still trailing 8-4. to four. Jose Ramirez walked. That put two men aboard. Then Owen Miller singled to load the bases, and then Naylor stepped in, facing closer Liam Hendricks. Naylor trying to keep the game alive. The pitch to Naylor, and he sends one high, deep to center. It is gone! Unbelievable! Unbelievable. A grand slam for Josh Naylor. The fifth for Cleveland. We are tied at eight. And Josh Naylor with a five RBI night on his last two at bats. And the White Sox got sloppy. They got careless. They got lackadaisical, you pick the adjective. They just got burned. So the comeback was complete to tie the game, but in the bottom half of the ninth inning, the White Sox came right back. They loaded the bases with two men out, and Emmanuel Classe was on the mound trying to extend the game. Now the wind, now the pitch. Swung and grounded to third. Diving stop by Ramirez. Throw to first in the dirt. What a dig out by Naylor. We've got extra innings. A sensational play by Ramirez diving to the line with a backhand. And then a great pick at first by Naylor. Unbelievable ninth inning for Cleveland. And we go to the 10th tied up at eight. But how about that? Jose Ramirez with a great play. Josh Naylor with an outstanding stretch. And if you recall, fast forward all the way to the postseason in that 15-inning classic 
against the Tampa Bay Rays in the wild card game. Those two combined on a very similar play that kept that game going and allowed the Guardians to win it on the home run by Oscar Gonzalez. Well, to extra innings, we went back in Chicago. We revert back to May the 9th, the big Josh Naylor game. Extra innings, Ernie Clement was the Guardians' ghost runner starting the 10th at second base, and Andres Jimenez was the batter. A look at second, the pitch, and he rips it to third. Fair ball down the line into the left field corner. Clement will score. Jimenez in with an RBI double, and the Guardians have the lead by a score of 9-8. to eight. Cleveland has now scored seven unanswered runs in the last two innings. My goodness. But the White Sox wouldn't go easily in this one. They evened things up 9-9 with a run in the 10th. Class A was still on, and he faced Jose Abreu, who was trying to end it. Now the righty's ready. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Swung on a chopper to short. Backing up Jimenez. Gloves goes to second for the force. How about that? White Sox tied it, but they had the winning run at third with one out. So on we went to the 11th inning. Another runner at second to begin the inning, and a walk to Jose Ramirez put two men on base, and up to the plate stepped the man of the night, Josh Naylor. The set, the pitch. Swung on and blasted into deep right field. This ball gone! How about that? Naylor with eight RBIs in his last three at-bats. And Cleveland gets a two-out, three-run homer from Naylor. Look out, he's coming into the dugout like a bull in a china shop. Holy cow! Cleveland takes the lead 12-9 to here in the 11th. They pitch to him. He got a two-out grand slam in the ninth. He gets a two-out, three-run homer here in the 11th. And this time the three-run lead was enough as Trevor Steffen came on to finish up the memorable night in Chicago. Steffen's ready and the payoff pitch. Strike three called ball game. A most improbable comeback for the Cleveland Guardians here tonight on the south side. Down six when the ninth inning started. Down four with two outs in the ninth inning. What a win for Cleveland in 11 innings, 12 to nine. After the game, Guardians manager Terry Francona weighed in on the positives about never giving up on a game. There's something to be said for just keep playing. I know the odds are stacked against you, and it's real easy when the game's over to say, "Yeah, we, we you know, we we we're never out of it till we're out of it." You know that that's a rough one right there. But if you do keep playing. Every once in a while, something good can happen. And then, you know, you get yourself in a position where, okay, you get the tying run to the plate. Well, we saw what happened. Naylor took a gorgeous swing. Hosey, you know, with Hosey and Naylor making probably the defensive play of the night. I mean, we end up winning on the road the game that we should have lost. Tito, I know it's only one game, and it would have been a great story. But if Chicago wins that game, how much of that is lost? 
I don't know, and that's why I was trying to in the inning when when Class A came in and he threw the plate. Yeah, I remember thinking this isn't looking good, and I wanted to see how okay, how am I going to handle this because they did such a good job getting back in this game. I don't want them to feel deflated, and I was kind of thinking, okay, when you get in there, how, how what the atmosphere? Well, then Class A pitches out of it, and here we go. We got a chance. I know it's again one game, and tonight Lucas Giolito could make last night a moot point. But can there be a carryover? Can there be some kind of mojo going forward? Well, I think what happens is it, it does help late because guys feel like, well, you know what, we can come back. And that does help. Um, but you're right about like Giolito. I mean, the, the momentum that goes into today will end with his first pitch <laughs> because he can he can pitch. And he's, he's carving some people up, especially left-handers right now. So we're going to have our hands full. I don't know how you can top the story Josh Naylor's had. I don't know that anyone thought last June he'd even play again. You know, after we saw the injury and everybody that witnessed it, you kind of had your heart in your throat. So to see him come back, um, and and by his reaction, you can tell how meaningful it was to him. I mean, when he came in that dugout, man, it was like, you know, hide the women and children. I mean, but but that's pretty exciting. Are you okay with that amount of energy? You know, I talked to him today a little bit about, like, you know, because going at it with the fans and stuff. I said, hey, man, just, you know, I never want to take your energy away, ever. But make sure you confine it to being productive and not something that maybe gets you in a place you don't need to be. Tony LaRusso has a reputation. <laughs> Are you concerned that Josh Naylor may be targeted tonight? No, no, I don't think anybody ever feels like that. I just, I mean, that was in our dugout, thankfully. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad the helmet stayed in our dugout because it probably could have come out in the field. But that was just genuine. I mean, you could see it was just pent up like it had to go somewhere. His head might have exploded. <laughs> but beside that point, you now have a guy that's giving you some impact in the middle of your order. And I think everyone thought that when he was drafted in the first round, he had this potential. And the one thing, he can hit a fastball, as, as we saw. You know, some guys are smart. Some guys can do this. He can hit the best fastball, and there's something to be said for that because not everybody can. See, that that's what's shocking to me. Even in the major leagues, not everybody can. No, but some guys are smart enough, some especially veterans. They'll hunt pitches or, you know, they'll, they'll lay off pitches maybe they can't get to. But Nails can get to a good fastball, and that's a nice feeling, especially when you got a guy like Hendricks thrown. And the following day, we caught up with Josh Naylor, who talked about the wild come-from-behind win. I mean, I got to give credit to, first off, Plesak after the first inning. Obviously, it didn't go his way, and then he, he dealt and the rest of the time he was out there, and he kept us you know, within the ballgame. And then Jimenez and, and every other batter after him getting on base, it's, it's really credit to them. It's the only reason why my bat happened, in, in all honesty. So if it wasn't for them, we may not win that game. And when you look at it from that perspective, more difficult when you come to the plate knowing that that hey you have a chance to to help out what everyone else has done to get you to that point uh no it's all it's all in god's hands to be honest um i trust him i trust my teammates i trust myself uh we're facing a great ball club here and honestly one of the best teams in the big leagues and it's 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 a humbling and honor honorable to play them um and it's it's a great challenge for us and and you know we just we enjoy these type of ball games so we just got to trust ourselves in every situation and obviously not to the extent of last night with being six runs down, but there have been some comeback wins in, in recent weeks. Uh, something built in here that, that's pretty good? 
Uh, we just we never give up, man. That's our attitude. We just we play through and through into the last out, and we have fun with it. If days go our way, they go our way. If they don't, we we learn from it, move on, and attack the next day. Josh, you look at at being able to come up big in key situations. I know you've worked so hard to to get your swing where you like it to be. Uh, in terms of that development, career-wise, uh, how good are you feeling at the plate, maybe compared to years past right now? Uh, I mean, I've always felt good at the plate. Uh, I love to hit. I love baseball in general, and uh, you know, I just love to provide for my team if I can. And uh, we all work hard here uh, with the coaches, with each other. Uh, try to give each other tips or this, this, and that if if they if we see something wrong and. Uh, just pick each other up. I think that's the biggest thing with us is, is we all got each other's backs and it helps us, you know, win ball games. And I, I don't think it was lost in the shuffle, but a great play at first base. I know Jose made a, a strong play to stop the ball and then the throw is low. Uh, did you get as much a kick out of that as anything else that happened last night, being able to help in that way? I think I said this before. He's the best player in baseball, in my opinion. He, uh, he caught that ball pretty much behind him and made a great throw and, you know, he trusted me enough to pick it and, uh, you know, I can't thank that guy enough. He plays his heart out every night and you know, he's, uh, he carries us, man, and, and we ride off of him, and he's, he's such a ph- phenomenal ball player, and we love him. You've been with a couple of organizations, but it seems like the fit here for you, uh, friend-wise, teammate-wise, has been really, really strong in a short period of time. Uh, what is it about it that, that makes it good for you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, every team I've been on, I just try to, you know, give my best, be the best teammate I can, be support as much as I can support, and, and provide on the field as much as I can provide on the field. Uh it's just, it's incredible here, man. This organization, the, the teammates here, the coaches here, everyone is, is phenomenal. And, you know, I love everyone. I'll ride for everyone on this side. And uh, I'm just, I'm blessed to be here, man. Thank God. Uh, God put me in this position to, you know, impact this team a little bit and uh, just continue to be a good teammate and have fun and work my hardest. Uh, it's a, been a winning formula lately. And uh, Josh, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is Josh Naylor, and always fun to catch up with Josh and always challenging because he does not like to talk about himself strictly a team player and uh, it was probably a takeaway that that he might have had from that interview after his big record setting night in Chicago back in May. Stay with us when we come back we'll have our final segment of Guardians Weekly that's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were laying on the horn while driving, let me say it again. Are you a race car driver? Because if you are, you're in the wrong car and you took a wrong turn off the track a while ago. And all those cars you're trying to pass all save money with Progressive Snapshot, while you probably don't. So who's really winning? And if you did hear it the first time, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And uh, this reminder, a couple of ways you can pick up our show each week, of course, on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. We usually hit the airwaves sometime late Saturday, but it does depend on where you listen to our show on 
which affiliate you may listen into, but uh, you can pick up our show each week on the radio, usually on Saturday. It's also available in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcasts and also at cleguardians.com. All the archived editions are there. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks, as always, to Brian Motze for helping to put together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.